0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shi'urim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. This year is brought to you by TorahWeb.org. Obviously, the topics that are appropriate leading up to Matan Torah deal with Torah, Torah study, and so on. Um, It's very, very hard to find somebody that would not propose studying more Torah and so on. Uh, I don't think people in this setting need prompting as to study more Torah. What I would like to is point out a a particular angle of Torah study that is not um, emphasized enough, and I think it's a critical piece, and unfortunately it sort of gets... um, is, is swept under the rug. When when people want to, when, when you want to set up Torah Shurim and you want to engage people, so you will obviously find things that are interesting. You'll find things that are well-presented and timely, you know, things of that nature, and that's obvious. So a person would like, he has he's listening to a share for 45 minutes, he would like to hear a topic discussed, he would like to feel that he has the picture after forty-five minutes, and if there's an interesting anecdote or so, all the better. That's basically the package. This part of Torah that is um, that is really uh, maybe the heart of Torah, and it's something that um, was spoken about maybe when you're young in yeshiva, and that's it. And I would like to speak about it. I want to start with a Zohar. There's a Zohar that says the following. It's on the Pasek. The Zohar says it in two or three places. Um, Small, slight changes. And it goes as follows. The Pasek says, The Egyptians made our lives bitter with hard work. And so on. So the Pasek describes how difficult um, uh, the Mitzvah made life for us. So the Zohar says, Vayimor ha'chayem kasha, zukusha." this refers to kashes in the Gemara. Bechomer, do kalvah homer. Chomer refers to kalvah homers. Levenim, do libun halacha, that refers to libun halacha, which is the process of working through a halacha and clarifying it. Avodah basada refers to b'rises, which the Gemara constantly brings in a brisa uh, to either ask on the Mishnah to try to get the right uh, shot the Mishnah and so on. Avodas Vodas is Teikus. That's a Zohar. It, even for Rebbe Shatayra, we would find it somewhat, um, amusing. And what kind of, what kind of, what kind of takeoff is that from the Pasik? You know, uh, uh, it, 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 it seems like a random kind of playing with the words. Avoda kosher is kusha, choyma is kalvah choyma, is libanah locha, avodah besad is breysa, avodah perach is teiku. What in the world are we talking about over here? Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? What, what, what's it trying to say over here? That is something we need to puzzle over. So I want to start with a tosefta in the hollows the Tosefta says as follows. Rabbi Shua says, HaShone, the Eino Amal, a person who learns and does not work hard. The word Amal is, it means hard drudge work. Um, you, you know, I, 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 it's like labor. Amal describes hard physical labor. So if a person studies without Amal, it's like somebody who plants, but does not harvest. Someone who studies Torah and forgets it. It's like somebody who, gave, who gives birth and God forbid buries the child. So the second half we understand. You had, you had a resource. You had knowledge. via Torah. And because you didn't, you didn't do what it takes to retain it, it's no longer with you. And so the muscle as, as, as gruesome as it is, is, is understood at least that, that part of the muscle. It's understood that you have something, unless you preserve it, it goes. So the effort put into preserving Torah is akin to keeping your child alive. You gave birth to Torah. You have Torah with you. Do what it takes to keep it alive. Much easier to keep alive than to bring life and so on. So the second half of that uh, of that memory of Rabbi Yeshua um, makes sense. The first one, that if somebody studies but he doesn't work hard, he's like somebody who plants but doesn't harvest. Well, let me ask you another question. What about somebody that he's good at it. In other words, the second one says, Mishakra, he forgot it. It doesn't say what he didn't do. It just says he forgot it. So, okay, well, I get that. But the first one says he's, he's studying, but he's not omel. He doesn't expend effort. So, I mean, let's say the guy is really bright. Yes, some people have to struggle. If I could understand that, it would say something about not getting it. But what about, um, but why speak about the Amal, the work, without telling me if this person understood what he, what about a, a whiz? And there is, there's, you know, in every group there's a whiz and you sit back and listen or you look at a Gemara and you get it and that's it. You walk away with it. And 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 it's akin to somebody who plants but doesn't harvest. Why not? What, what happened? What what does the umul do over here? So the topic that we want to focus on, the, 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 um, kind of the, the, the point is going to be something called amelos betorah. Amelos betorah means toil, working hard in, in, in Torah. It's a, it's a, like I said, it's a term that one hears in a, in a, in an intense yeshiva, one hears that a lot. Um, and uh, and it's and it's and it's considered to be a paramount value, but as a young boy, the way you understand working hard is simply if you don't understand, work harder. In other words, I'm teaching, just sitting and listening. So if you're very very bright, a, a, a kid that gets hundreds on his test, so it could be advanced calculus. If he got it, he got it. I don't. I don't have to tell. Well, you should work harder. I, I. I should say you. You should work. You need to do what it takes to get it down. So I can't make a blanket statement, uh, in the nature of you have to. You have to work hard at it. As a, as a, as an experienced teacher, I could say, well, this is really hard material, and ninety six percent of the guys don't get it unless they put in a few hours a day. That's a reasonable statement, but. What if I'm not? By, by, by using the word amal, amelos, amelos bettura, as a, a, a general statement of value, we, we, it, it means that e- for the person that it's easy, there's also a problem involved. Even for that brilliant person who sort of gets it down and gets it very easy, it, it's, also, it, it's also lacking if there's no effort. What is that? Why is that in Torah that's lacking and so on? So I'm going to try to a little bit, um, we'll, we'll try to explore this topic a bit and uh, understand uh, why it is that um, that this concept of Amelos and yagia are very vital in Torah. And it reflects a lot um, on a person's own self. Hu, the first crops that grew in the world were in Eden. And until man sinned, um, it was fairly effortless. Even though the Pasik says he put him in l- Abdullah Shamra, the description of the Pasik is that things really worked well. In other words, the effort, the sweat and etc wasn't really really needed um until later so when adam walked into gan Eden um, he had to do things whatever of the means to work the, the field but it didn't seem to be particularly difficult when he sinned who told him that you're going to have to sweat hard the earth is going to constantly give you back weeds and, and thorns and thistles and, and so on, and, and you'll eat by the sweat of your brow. It means many things at many levels. But the overriding concept is that the Eitz Hadass Tovera was something that was a mixture of good and bad. The Tov and Ra somehow commingled um, until it was one. It looked like one fruit on a tree. Etzah chaim was all good. Etzah das had this commingling of good and bad, and any given fruit had um, both elements mixed in an incredible way. Marishon when he sinned by eating from that aids, he now turned everything into um, a reflection of that. And everything in the world became a mixture of good and bad. Because the world was supposed to work flawlessly. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the world for us. So... And we might need to do something, but you put a seed into the ground, and then you watch it grow, and that's the end of it. Um, it wasn't supposed to be hard or difficult. And let's explain why. I'm I'm personally not very gifted mechanically and handyman and so on. So the one thing I know is that when I try to close or open something and it goes hard, I'm making a mistake. It's not in its, it's either not on, on, on this, on the slide. It's supposed to be on, it's something, it's not a window or door, uh, uh, is supposed to open easily. If it's not opening easily, it's not in its hinge. It's not in its slot. Something, something's wrong over here. A, um, the world was there for us to, 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 to grow food for us. So it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to go like a well-greased machine. It, once Adam sinned, the world became a mixture of good and obstruction. The vast majority of the work that we put into growing something, we plant a seed, great. But one second, we have to plow because the ground is not 100% conducive to growing stuff. It's, it's clogged, it's gummy, it's, it's, it's not porous enough, it, it's got rocks in it, and, and so on. And my plants grow, so do the weeds, so do the ants, so do the animals come. Um, I, I finally harvest it, and it's full of stuff that has to be cleared away. It's, it's, it's got to be, it, 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 I've got to take out all, all the chaff and all the stuff around it to make it edible. That process is the result of having commingled good and bad in the world. It wasn't just you're going to have to work hard. We, so to speak, eat the fruits of our own um, deeds. We, we plunked the whole thing together. So imagine a, a little kid is playing with the dough that his mother made and, and he puts all sorts of objects in it and his mother bakes it. And she takes a look and there's pennies there and there's stuff like there. She'll tell them, listen, people have to eat it. You're going to have to go through it and take out everything you put into it. And it's difficult. That was the process of our chet. That's what was brought into it. The, um, the, it's very interesting if, if you ponder a little bit some of the malachas of Shabbos. The general rule of the thumb about malachas of Shabbos is that they are creative. They bring things into the world. It's it's a fairly lo- you know sort of a fairly loose, but it's 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 in other words, um, I I I plant something, I harvest something, I weave something, I tailor something, uh, and so and I sew something. These are all called creative work, and, and it more or less fits pretty well. There's one of the malachos that is not creating anything. And that is two or three malachas in in the same kind: borer, borer, merakeid, which means to sift. A person sifts flour on Shabbos is over merakeid, borer. Those are the melochas that are of that of that ilk, which means to separate good from bad. Theoretically, I I had a kilo of flour. I now have. Uh, three quarters of a kilo of flour and a quarter of a kilo of, of, of chaff. I I didn't make anything new, but I made it edible because so long as it was commingled, it was not edible. So the chet of, the chet of, uh, Adam Harishon made the world something which was a mixture of good and bad and required um, now a lot of effort. That's why farming is so hard. The labor in farming is the, 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 labor needed to constantly make sure that either we weed out the bad, we don't let the bad get in, we, 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 we separate the two and so on. That's on a most physical level. That also happened on the level of Torah, truth, and the big picture of Ruchnius, whereas um, whereas um, it, it, the right and wrong was simple. The Rambam Mor discusses the um, the discusses in the beginning. It's the second parik, um Almost seems out of place. I'm not sure why it's even there. Just the whole chapter on it doesn't. It seems like Adam Arishan got free will after he sinned um isn't that an upgrade instead of a downgrade and he said no the the um the the before there was a clarity about good and bad before it was almost in the nature of two and two equals four there was no doubt it was clear simple and straightforward I, there was no choosing for good and bad. It's not like choosing different possible answers and pondering is two and two, four, five or three. Um, it was a given. It was simple. Once we sinned and part of our own personality absorbed bad instincts, so now we have a lot. Of, it's a lot more vague sense. True free will is now um, much more needed. Because we've got to sift through a lot, a lot of ourselves to, to figure things out. So that was the Chet of Ademarishon. And Torah itself took some sort of beating because of that. Our right and wrong could not be simple anymore. It would need to come with effort. Chazal say that this repeated itself at the giving of the Torah. The moment of giving of the Torah was a pristine moment. It brought us back, or should have brought us back, to being what Adam Arisha was like before the Chet. And as soon as we sinned, um, we were again caught up with that same issue. There was good in us, there was some bad strands in us, and once again, we were a mixture of good and bad. It means that Torah could never, ever be really understood unless we work it through and again this is true on a few levels it's true technically the 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 the, nothing will be clear and simple everything will come with a lack of clarity that needs to be worked through to get to the right answer the the um it, it, it's, you can't just open up any safer. There's no safer you open up and say, "Okay, this is what you do." You need to work it out and work it through. This is true in the sense of the. This is true in 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 terms of knowing what to do, halacha, so to speak. And this is true in terms of knowing right and wrong, in terms of understanding what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. Motivating person, the whole, every single part of it is, is, is included in this. Let's go back a minute to, so let's, let's understand that Tosefta. Rabbi Yeshua said, a person who studies and does not have a malus, it's like a person who plants but can't reap. That statement is so accurate because there is no one shot if I toss in a few seeds. So studying the material is the seed for the eventual halacha. It's the seed for knowing what's right and what's wrong. Unless you put the effort in, whether it's weeding, um, keeping out the bugs, trimming, whatever else goes into it, and, and it, you, you're, not, you're not going to have a finished product. Maybe once upon a time before the chet, Maybe that's all it needed was plunk a seat in and that says I learned something. I instantly know what I'm supposed to do and instantly it's clear to me. That's what you're supposed to do. No longer. Um, you, so a person who studies, if he doesn't put effort in, he will, it doesn't make a big difference how bright you are because it, it you, you, it's it, it, because it's not what you see at first glance. It never is what you see at first glance. And, I I was a young boy. I was learning by Avnachum. He was the, my rebbe in Shiva, yeshiva, and um, he was world class gaon, and uh, he was world renowned. That people came from all to learn by him. He he, he asked a question and share says, and I jumped with an answer. And in middle of my saying whatever I was saying, I saw that the response wasn't going to be very good. And I immediately realized I made a mistake of some sort. And I said, oh, no, it's wrong. And he said, no, it's not wrong. You're wrong. You don't answer like that. There's no, you do not answer as soon as you have a question. It, because you, you definitely don't have it right if that's how you answer it. In other words, it takes thinking, thinking, mulling, sifting, um, re-asking, revisiting again and again and again. Um, they say over about two, two famous forum. They said about the Celsen so, so, and i it's in two different, different versions, but why one safer was more popular than the other safer. They're all were, were classics, but one is a lot more. So he asked him, what do you do? And he said, I wake up at four in the morning and until six in the morning, I write. He said, I wake up at four in the morning and I erase until six in the morning. In other words, plowing through something again and again and again is the only assurance for possibly getting to the truth. I want to go back to that Zohar, which sounded so strange. And I want to try to understand. The Zohar is a safer full of metaphor. That's, that's what it is. And, and especially since we're at the cusp of Yom Lula, of Shemir it's most fitting trying to understand it. What the Zohar is saying is remarkable. The process of hard work and labor is something that has an effect on a human being, a positive effect. People work hard, sweat. It works through a lot of things. Unfortunately, I, I always think that w- one of the most trefer words that um, that America invented. One, one of the the real apokarzesh uh, concepts is leisure. I mean, uh, 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 everybody has to rest. Everybody has to catch a breath. Everybody has to do this, that. But the sense of leisure, where a person should be doing nothing productive. As an end in itself, is 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 in my mind, it's a precursors. It's 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 goes against what a human being is. A human being is meant to be productive, and and of course everybody needs. I, I'm not I certainly understand time out and so on, but that's what it is. It's 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 a recess. It's not leisure as a but a capital L. Work and sweat and effort and toil, um, have a positive effect on a person. And in Mitzrayim, it was terrible, it was horrendous. But Chazal speak about it as a kur, barzel kurzahov, as a refinery, as a smelting ground. The work and the labor was crushing and crippling, but it brought out the best in Kal the, the topic for another time, but, but that's what it was. So the Zohar says, let me show you in Torah, there are processes that are akin to it. And I want to a little bit understand it. In other words, Avoda Kasha means it's not going smoothly. It's not straightforward. I mean, Avoda is not Kasha, is you start the pedal and it, and it goes by itself. It goes on, on, on inertia, on momentum. But if it's uphill, if it's, if it's against something, when a person is learning and a Kasha comes his way, that's the analogy in the world of Torah study to and um, that type of, 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 of item in, 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 um, in, in physical work. Homer is called the Homer. I'd like to understand that also. The, the Homer is what allows bricks to be laid in a stack. The way in which you can stack a brick is by putting, um, uh, by putting some sort of glue in between. Some sort of whatever they used the 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 chomer the mortar that that was sort of a glue that kept it going that that kept the bricks that that exactly a kalvachomer allows you to stack halachas in a certain order a hierarchy it it it, the hierarchy becomes meaningful if it's true for a it must be true for b c and d in other words what allows a, a stacking of bricks Physically, it should be equivalent to what allows a stacking of uh, uh, mitzvahs, uh, halachas, it conceptually. And that's why, so, so yes, it's a rem is in the word, but it's not a silly play on words. It's Kal tells me a hierarchy and I can pile up the halachas and say there are, there are 10 degrees of tuma going from the bottom up and, and each one is moham in a certain way and so on. The um, Levenim is Libun Halacha. Levenim are bricks. L- a, l- a, what a brick, what's most important in a brick is an extremely accurate shape and size. The one thing that you can't work with are bricks that are misshaped, different shapes, different size. You need a very clearly formed, defined entity. And those are Levenim. That corresponds to leaving allah <laughs> And finally, avodah besada is b'raisa. Let's just explain these things because it, it's, when you see what the Zohar says, it's astounding. What does Avoda besada mean? You have to leave your, um, your little uh, um, compound and go out and get something from outside. It's a bother. It's difficult and so on. Bryce's were mishnayas that were outside the canon. Rabbeinu HaKadosh had worked through the mishnayas and he canonized certain amount of mishnayas. The other ones were not accurate enough, not clear enough. Rabbeinu HaKadosh left them outside. So brysa is like avodah besadah. And finally, avodas parach is teiku. Avodas parach means it's work that goes nowhere. Avodas parach is defined halachically as telling your slave to bring you a cup of coffee and then spilling it out. A teiku means we've asked the question, where's the answer? A question is the tool. And teiku says, we're stuck. That's Avod's (laughs) parak. So the Zohar kodesh is found in Torah a parallel process to the different um, things that are considered difficult works there. And that's what the Zar is, is, is telling us. So <coughs> first point in Torah, we, we, um, the Amelos in Torah is the only thing <coughs> that will give us the something more accurate, something that I learned in very cursory. I could sit back. I could put my feet on the table and listen. And it's a compliment to the speaker. But, but but you don't get it. You you can't pass no on that. You haven't worked it through and gotten into the nitty-gritty of it. That's one point. A second point about this is also in terms of transforming the person. The Malbum says the word amal is used in the Torah um, as – the word amal can mean hard labor – the word Amal also means avarice. It means wrongdoing. Um, the 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 in the word Amal constantly means um, it, it means things that are um, for no good reason. It's bad. It's 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 um, it, it refers to kind of avarice, wrongdoings, and so on. The Malbum um classifies the word amal um, as meaning inner as opposed to oven which is the actual act of avera amal is the inner desire to do bad the inner um the, the the inner feelings for bad um the in the inner bad thoughts and so on so amal to oven are the thoughts and ideas versus the, the actual wrongdoing. The, it's, everyone understands that it's much harder to get out your bad attitude, understandings, feelings, drives than refraining from doing. A person can refrain from hurting somebody, but it's very hard to stop disliking somebody. I can refrain from doing X a vera, Y a vera, but it's very, very hard to stop craving those that, those avares. The, the, so Amol represents a like, of, of that nature. Usually in Hebrew, when you have a word with two meanings, many times it's an opposite meaning. And let's take one example, like shoresh. The word shoresh can mean to, 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 to give roots to something, or the sharesh can mean to uproot and so on. There are many words like that. Iker means the main thing, and Akar means to uproot. The word Amal in its sense of being the inner bad, and the word Amal in the sense of working hard and and sweating and 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 Yigiya and all of those things, I would say one affects the other. A person who's sitting and studying and things come easy to him, I don't think it has made a big difference in his personality. I don't think he's changed. A person who sweats, who rolls up his head and has to sweat over everything he learns, I think that there are some real, real changes that happen to that person. There was um, a yid in, in Yerushalayim. He was a breath of a hashed, and He must have passed away about 30, 35 years ago. His name was Rabbi Shmuel Shapiro. I don't think anyone here heard of him. There are, there are many Shapiro's, and Rabbi Shapiro, son was most famous. Recently, it was Rabbi Shmuel Shapiro. His name was Rabbi Shmuel Shapiro, but in breast of a Circles, he was from the old, old breast the old school Brest of He was an Ovid Hashem of the type that would daven until he collapsed. No, he knew no boundaries. Uh, to call, totally, totally immersed in Avodah Hashem. Uh, and 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 you know that was his person he was tzaddik uh, of, of that type. His he's he would learn the thing that he learned most often was a peirik and shas called Yesh which is deals with the nitty gritty of Yerusha, of um, of giving over inheritance. It's a very a lot of details, complicated details. And the Rashbam, which is instead of Rashi. And that peric is also long-winded and it's it's it, it, it's it's real drudge work and someone asked him why are you always like what's in it for you and he said i'll say it in yiddish and then i'll translate it ich bin a schwarz a schwarz means i guess what we would call in english a grunt a soldier who does the hardest dirtiest work the one that's like in the foxhole on The front line. In other words, he, he, he was saying, I choose for myself the most difficult um, of jobs. And the reason is because, and, and it was in line with his worldview, with his philosophy of changing yourself by working hard. He was an ovate, uh, cold core, you know, oh, he was total over the Hashem. Like I said, he, he would into to collapse. He He, he, he had. You know, that was his, that was who he was. And that's where we found it. learning. It's something that, you know, it, it, when we want, when, when we, when we would like to get into learning, when we want people to get into learning and so on. So you obviously try to make things as user-friendly as possible. And you try to make it as interesting as possible. And, as and you know, and, and, and as, as uh, what's the right word for it, sort of ready-made as possible. And I understand that. I understand that that has its value and it's good. But if we want Torah to make a profound difference in our person, in, in, in line with what Chazal described about a person who who studies Torah, the key word is not listening to Shurim. The key word is not knowledge. The key word is Amul. When a person sweats, I mean, I, my parents were old from Europe, yet they were survivors and so on. And they had this mentality about sweating out poisons. So as far as medicine goes, I'm not sure that that's quite current, but as far as person goes and as far as character goes, that certainly is on mark. Um, it, it's, it, you know, in yeshivas, they, especially in intense yeshivas, they stress that the, the, the word is ummel and a lot of times. A, a the, the boy that's marked for distinction is not the one who's brightest and maybe knows the most, it's the one who works the hardest, it's a value as we get older, I, I understand we have much less time and, and it's, it's difficult to keep it but, but maybe if we can find once a week to have a harusa, to break our teeth and obviously breaking your teeth would, would not have any teeth left at the end is not a great idea so we do need to use help. We need to use, uh, whether it's an art scroll, whether it's a tape, whether it's a live market share, whatever. I understand that. But understand the value. If we, if we understand the value of Torah is to understand what you're supposed to do. So knowing a Kitzah halachas in the way a, a, a very, very clear and eloquent Rav can present is what you need. You want to know what to do with Pesach. You want to be able to have a share where you know it's, everything is very clear, and it does, it's all takeaway, and that's that. But if you want to ask yourself to connect to Torah, to feel that it's part of you, to feel that you really connect it, it's not what comes easy. It's, it's the It's the stuff that you have to sweat on. It means you need to push you need to, to go over it again and again until you get it in and, and then keep it. Things that come without effort, they, they don't give you that attachment and they don't change your character in the way that it, this does. So yeah, I'm going back to the Tosefta again. The, 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 um, the way in which we can reap the crop. Of the Torah that we sow is with the amelus and and I, I, I know everyone you know i 'm talking to a broad audience and people have busy lives and that and, and I'm, I'm from the only one you know, i, I don 't know how many people have the time or the ability to do it, but if we're try, if, we want to rein, if we want to be ma reinforce our learning and so on to find a part of our learning schedule to be focused on doing it the old-fashioned way. And means sitting quite a while until we figure it out, going over it a bunch of times till it's clear, um, and the, the other half of the after, reviewing it periodically. So even if we only, even if we have only a small seder like that once a week, but if it's consistent and we walk away, kind of worked up a sweat, so to speak, um, then, then it, 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 it has a remarkable effect on us. It, it, and, and we feel connected to it. It, it, one of the most, the fascinating observations that anyone makes is when a baby is born, a mother is extremely attached to the baby and a father looks kind of blank and tries to figure out, what am I supposed to do? And the difference is because the mother sweated and worked for nine months. Nine months this kid was 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 taking a toll, and she was giving to him, and she was carrying him. The father did none of that, and therefore it takes quite a while till one gets attached to a child and A child is the thing we invest most of our sweat and energy in, and it 's what we cherish the most, and the reason is because we sweat it so much so if we 'll use that same it, it, it will take that same paradigm to Torah, the part of Torah that we sweat and work hard on, and work hard means till we understand it. And Gemara takes a lot. It, it's not. It's it's a back and forth conversation. It it what was asked, what was answered, has to go back to the Mishnah again, and it takes going over a bunch of times till it sort of settles in clearly, and and keeping track of it. It's not an easy. It's not easy. It's not meant to be easy, but if we'll do it, blessed Hashem. God willing, we'll have some seeds that we plant, and we reap. We reap from them, eventually, a tremendous enjoyment of achievement. We reap a real connection to Torah, and we re- reap some real changes in our person. Um, like I said, th- that sweat works out some of a person's um, some of a person's uh, uh, bad toxins. In, on, on, a, on a character level, it's for Shochu. When the Mishnah says Shnei Meshkachas so everyone sees the Dercharis part of the puzzle. In Torah, it also, but it has to be the Yegiya. They're parallel. Tov Torah and Shnei avom, means working both. If if whatever time I study, I put in as much mental and emotional effort as I do in at my Profession, my job, then the two together is mashkachos and them. Hashem will have a, a different connection to, to Torah, and 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 a great and a great enjoyment on the accomplishment and achievements. Shavisa to Martin Torah uh, and uh, and everything comes with it. Blessed Hashem.